Welcome to the Hadassah Collective. I'm your host, Claire Marinan. The Hadassah Collective podcast brings together a carefully curated selection of my most trusted and inspiring innovators from every area of the health and wellness space. I invite my guests to freely share their gifts, their wisdom, their journeys, and their diverse points of view, discussing a whole range of topics, including yogic science, present-day philosophy, integrated diet and fitness, modern mental health, non-denominational religion, and holistic lifestyle. All of this to inspire our community with accessible tools to align each individual with who they truly are created to be, to consciously evolve their lives and extend their unique divine light into the world. Hi, Ritiko. Welcome to the Hadassah Collective. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Hi, Claire. I'm very, very excited to be here as well. Thank you for having me. Amazing. Amazing. So please give our listeners a brief um, overview, just who you are, um, where you are in the world and what you do. I love when people ask for that because I think of myself as such a multidimensional personality and you have to like, you know, configure that into one sentence, which is on amazing. The plane, on the earth plane. Where <laughs> on the earth. <laughs> so um, basically, I, I used to work in fashion. I worked in fashion for five years in high street fashion and that I always felt like I was drawn to the creative aspect of it and it was a part of my calling. But because of the discrepancies within that industry, it just didn't feel like my, it just didn't feel like it was a part of, it was fulfilling me and fulfilling my purpose on this planet. I suddenly started feeling like um, there's a, there's a great word in Hindi to actually describe this, which I think is lacking in English. It's called banya, which basically means you're like a, you're like a vendor, you know, rather than a designer or a creative, you become like this person that's stuck in this uh, paradigm in this monetary paradigm of creating something that kind of sucks that you know the quality sucks and everything about it is substandard just because you need to sell it at a certain price and while I know that that is just how industry and the world has grown to evolve um, it just it created a massive disconnect in my heart and that's the reason that I decided to step away from it and uh, during that time I was very fortunate that my parents had this organic farming business as well and since we've been consuming organic food for the past 10 years because of this enterprise, um, mm -hmm. I, I, I realized the kind of transformational experiences nutritionally and health-wise that I had personally experienced in my own life during that decade. And I just felt called to spread that message. And while I was um, while I was working there, I decided to take up the social media marketing for it because I wanted to create awareness. And it didn't come from a place that I want to create awareness about this brand specifically. It came from a place of creating awareness about organic food, about regenerative agriculture, and the importance of like growing together as a community in order to usher in this golden age of health, especially after you know what we went through for the past two years. Um, so yeah, that's what I did for a year and it was fantastic. I learned so much. I'm so grateful to be able to do that. Um, but, but there was always like something that told me that if I have to make a mark on this world, it has to be with the skill set that I have acquired it, because I mean, I'm so grateful. My parents have massively invested in my education, made sure that I've traveled, made sure that I've, you know, had incredible amounts of exposure, uh, within this field of fashion and, you know, garments and design. 
So I knew that that's what I had to do. So I'm currently in the process of starting my own fashion brand, uh, which I'm very excited to talk about, which I'm sure that we'll get into. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm, I, I basically, um, I feel like I want to make, I want to make some change through fashion in the real world, because I do think that you can, I think it can be a big modality in order to do that. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I, I think that um, there's something about fashion that is like innate to us. It's not just fashion, it's adornment in general. And if you go back through all of these ancient tribes, they all had some version of self-expression and adornment. And we can touch on that a little bit later. I think we'll get into that because I think that the area of fashion has been become such a numbing kind of mm -hmm. um, kind of experience for people that we've kind of lost touch with where we are and why we do this and finding that creative expression. So I definitely think you can make a difference in the fashion world, in the Absolutely. world. So amazing. So how did you get started on this path? Like um, describe your early life, like where did you live growing up? Um, what did that sort of time in your life look like? And how did that lead to where you are now? So when I was a child, I've grown up in India. I've predominantly, I've spent most of my time in Bombay, which is obviously a very hectic metropolitan city. Um, and what I think was massively um, beneficial to my own development, I mean, I don't know if beneficial is the right word for it, but for lack of a better term, because I think that, you know, when you're in the West, and this is what I experienced after I left India, you're so disconnected from a reality that's beyond your own social strata. But in mm -hmm. India, that's not the case at all. Like everything is within reach. You see extreme wealth and you see extreme poverty, you know, on the same street. And um, growing up in that kind of environment, I think I was always a sensitive child, but it made me a thinking child. It made me think about why the world was like that, why the this extreme paradox existed at all. You know, why there were some people that lived uh, in complete opulence while there was a part of the population that lived destitute lives. And mm -hmm. I remember so clearly because this was a very um, poignant uh, time or like feeling that I had when I was a child, when I was sitting in my car and with my mom and I looked out of the window at some children who were begging on the street and I asked her and it would make me very sad it would make me so sad that I almost felt like crying sometimes and I didn't know why and I mm -hmm. looked at her and I asked her and I said why is it that they were born there and we were born here what is it that I have done to deserve this life of security to deserve you um, you know, to be in this car and that child who's just like me has to be on the street and, you know, not even have clothing on their back and live like that. And yeah. my, my mom looked at me and she was very surprised, you know, to have to have to answer that kind of question from a six year old or seven year old. And she said to me, she said, you know what, it, it's unfortunate, but life is unfair. And all we can do is strive to do the best for ourselves so that we can help and impact as many people around us. And I think that feeling of something is amiss, something in the world is not right and something needs to change um, was it kind of cultivated very early on in my life. And I knew that whatever my path was, I had to be a part of this change in any way, big or small. Um, otherwise, it just life just wouldn't feel fulfilling. And that 
has sort of carried on my entire life. I've never lost that feeling. There were times where I became jaded, mm. especially in my teenage years, you know, going through this phase of like, I don't care about anything and I'm just like doing my own thing. And it's like this confused, convoluted time in your life where I felt jaded and disconnected from this feeling. Uh, but yeah, when it came back, which was probably like five, six years ago, it came back with a bang and then there was no denying it anymore. It was like, it was such an integral part of me. And I had, I completely, I decided to entirely embody it. And I was like, you know what, this is who I am. And let's see where this feeling and where life takes me. Incredible. It's such amazing awareness for a child as well. Like it's really incredible. And so how did that then tie into this organic food produce business as well? How has that sort of impacted your journey and led to, led, like how has that impacted your journey in fashion now when you're establishing your brand now? What has that awareness brought to, to this new brand? So I was very fortunate that my parents, uh, they're incredibly aware, amazing people. I'm so happy. I mean, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be born to them, to be honest. Yeah. And they actually started this company 10 years ago. They were among the trailblazers in the organic field when uh, organic food didn't really exist in India. So they yeah. had like a they had like a like a golden age in their business where they you know made some money and they were like we want to do something tangible for the world. They're not um, they're not big advocates for just giving away money to like random nameless faceless charities, which I love. And they were like we we want to get to the grassroots of certain problems and see how we can tackle them. And mm -hmm. um, the which was amazing. And I feel like that's I mean that's such a big inspiration for me. And um, what they decided was a big problem 10 years ago, which was, which uh, was the farmer suicides in India. Yeah. There was, it was a really, really terrible issue. And when they started researching and understanding what the cause was, they realized that farmlands have actually become completely barren and mm. completely unproductive. And the reason for that is the overuse and the unsubstantiated use of pesticides and chemicals. Right. So they um, they actually brought in people from the organic sector, experts from the organic sector, to work with like loads of farmers, like hundreds of farmers within this like Maharashtra, Western belt of India, um, to reform their practices and started this like organic farming movement. So once they did that, they realized, okay, we've done all of the groundwork for this, but there isn't actually a market for it. So how do these people sell? And that's the reason we started the Organic Garden, because you we were like, we want to at least create an avenue for these people to now sell their produce. And that's the reason the Organic Garden started. Um, it was 10 years ago. It was amazing. My family has only eaten organic food since then. And mm. I honestly, touch wood, I haven't been sick for three and a half, four years now. And it's, it's, I think a big part of that, like I know in my soul that a big part of that is because my, uh, the face of my nutrition completely changed, my understanding of nutrition completely changed. So when I got to be a part of the company, um, I was, I was just so honored to be able to spread that message of like health and love for the planet, you know, regenerative agriculture, the importance of it, the importance of really um, caring for the most important entity uh, on this earth, one of the most important entities on this planet, which is our soil. Um, you know, it's um, it's God. It's an expression of God. It's where our food comes from. It's so important that we love and care for it. 
So I think it just made me working with this company made me a more compassionate, empathetic, wholesome person. And I think that's how it's carried into the rest of my life. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's really incredible. And um, I'm only thinking of Vandana Shiva right now. What do you feel about her, the work of Vandana Shiva? She is such a legend. I'm so lucky that I was able to meet her. So um, yeah, it was amazing. A friend of mine who's, an, who's also absolutely fabulous uh, called Kusha. She runs this company called Disco and they brought her down for a talk. So um, she's most recently released a movie called The Seeds of Vandana Shiva, where she talks about uh, creating food, like seed banks of indigenous seeds. And she came over to have like this talk and it was so compelling, so revolutionary. She is just amazing. Like her life, how she's lived it, the conviction that she has to this mission is such an inspiration. I'm, I just, I am absolutely in awe of her. Yeah, it really is. And I think it's such an interesting thing. I mean, this sort of environmental movement has been something that's really been on my heart for many, many years. And it's also something I feel I can talk about because I do have quite an in-depth knowledge of it. And I think it's interesting, the narratives that are coming out these days around climate change and things like this. And I feel that um, the reality has actually been somewhat distorted and that these sort of, you know, COP20, whatever we're on right now, I've got no idea, are not really providing solutions, you know? And so they're taking this truth of the need to look after our planet, the need to honor our planet, and they're distorting it and creating a whole other industry to financialize, basically. Absolutely. So I think it's interesting, like people like Vandana Shiva, in my opinion, she's the only person that people should be listening to because she's the only one speaking truth and speaking sense in this time um, with regards to these topics. Absolutely. I, another another big um, advocate for like real solutions on, you know, the climate issue is mm. Michael Schellenberger. He yeah. is incredible as well. And he talks about like real world issues. He talks about how to tackle them. He talks about, you know, all the stuff that the media isn't talking about in terms of the revolutionary um, systems that are already in place that are working in, you know, for the planet. Like, for example, the the Great Barrier Reef currently has more coral, uh, more life coral than it's had in the past 36 years. And nobody's reporting on it, which is yeah. like, it makes you think why you know there definitely is an agenda behind that because when the when the coral bleaching was going on it was so sensationalized and everyone was freaking out about it and so if something positive is happening why is it not being reported with the same kind of fervor it obviously means that there's something amiss in the way that we're consuming and the way that information is being disseminated yeah absolutely absolutely i mean i do think that in terms of most mainstream media. I mean, the thing that kind of jumps out at me as we're talking is in terms of how things are reported in the mainstream media, we, I think we need to look at things a little more objectively. And people look to these um, outlets as like bastions of truth and they're perpetuating truth when the reality is they're actually a business and they're selling your attention. Like that's what they're selling. And I think that we should be able to look at different things more objectively and realize hang on a second what what is what are they selling me you know what it, what is being what direction am i being pulled in here because you're right there are a lot of really um beautiful things going on on the planet and yet we're only we only get to see in mainstream media 
a very controlled slice of that. So I, I definitely think that when we, I can pivot this also to fashion because that fashion is almost demonized in this world. And in a way there is a reason for that, you know, and um, we have been really irresponsible in the way that we consume a lot of different things that has been detrimental to our planet. But it's so funny that I feel like the narrative even around fashion has really shifted to consume nothing. You, you get to consume nothing. And I think that that is also missing the point. Like mm -hmm. I said before, when, you know, when we think about adornment and self-expression, I don't think it's about consuming nothing. It's about realigning to what our soul is crying out to consume. And when it comes to fashion, I think that we've been trying to fill this very human need for self-expression, very natural need for self-expression with just this bland, fast fashion, just endless consumption, which has been so detrimental for our soul and also so detrimental for the planet. So I think that it's more about being even more materialistic to say it in, in such a way, but being more connected to what we're consuming materially and I think that that will then take care of the consumption how do you feel about that story really absolutely no I, I I couldn't agree more I just I want to give you a hug that was so well said really um I I think I've you know because I'm extremely critical of my own consumption I have mm -hmm. been for many years now um so even when I buy something from a supermarket or I buy from something from a clothing store um, I've been because I know the repercussions of it because I've studied the repercussions of it uh, I'm very aware of what I'm consuming and I think what is um, the thing that's absolutely necessary is awareness and intent when we live with awareness and intent and uh, let that filter into every single aspect of our lives including how we consume there mm. is transformation within that realm because you're so clear. You know, even if you're doing something bad, you know it's bad. It's very necessary for you to be there and be present in that moment and be, be like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to a high street fashion store and it's not like I don't. Um, mm. I very recently went and bought, bought a pair of trousers from a high, high street fashion store because I genuinely didn't find them anywhere else. And it made me think and I was like, I could actually stitch this myself. It's not like I can't. So I'm being lazy and actually going and buying this from elsewhere. But at least there is an inner dialogue that's being cultivated. You know, that is very, very necessary. And I think once we start doing that for every aspect of our lives, yep. um, life just becomes more heightened. People become more heightened. People become more um, just the, the, the way that you discern increases you know you become a much more intelligent perceptive discerning person if you're constantly communicating with yourself and you're like you know what it's fine I'm doing these things and they may not be ideal but at least I'm aware that this is a part of my journey and that this is the journey that I have consciously decided to take yeah yeah that's amazing I think in it's so interesting that you talk about discernment because I think that this has been one of the greatest detriment to humanity is this disconnection from self and this disconnection from um, spirit, this disconnection from the heart and this major focus on only the mind. Mm -hmm. Everything we do is only focused on the mind. That's how we're encouraged. That's how we're conditioned. And that's fine when 
you know, there, there isn't a ton of information and you can, you can't, you know, the mind is there to order and file and sift through information, but the mind is actually not where we discern truth. You know, that's not where we discern truth. It's a, the most amazing filing system that has ever been created. But when we live in an age where we are bombarded with tons of information, there's no way that our mind can really sort through that in an, you know, in an efficient way. And also when we're bombarded with tons of misinformation and, you know, there's lots of different things coming at us all the time. And our attention span is limited to like the a 15 second Instagram reel these days, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you can't really have a depth of knowledge and understanding of any topic. And so when it comes to discernment, I mean, we intrinsic, we inherently know this because, you know, when you think of, when you say, oh, I'm thinking, your hand automatically goes to your head. When you, when you say, oh, I know, I just know, your hands go to your heart. That's, that's so true. That's the place we discern truth, you know, yeah. and so it's really cultivating this heart connection and this heart understanding. And over the last couple of years, I've really dived into a lot of the work from the Heart Math Institute. And they talk a lot about heart coherence and um, really developing that. And I think that that's so important. There's such an obsession these days about getting rid of all the misinformation, like editing everything and getting rid of the misinformation, which is kind of ridiculous. We've always had misinformation, like mm -hmm. advertising misinformation i don't know anyone that really believes that cocoa puffs are a great way for your kids to start the day mm -hmm. but they're say that but you only have to have an ounce of nutritional understanding and you know that that's misinformation but when you are able to discern through the heart and to be able to discern truth then it really doesn't matter what the information that's coming your way looks like you're able to sense what is truth and what is for you and what is not mm -hmm. and so that's like something so interesting that you touched upon that we've really become disconnected from these days. It's so crazy that you actually mentioned that because only a couple of days ago, and I didn't know this before that, I read that your heart is actually the first thing that forms in the womb, which mm. is so pertinent to like, if you think about life, why does your heart form first? Because it is your prime, it should ideally be your prime modality to understand and perceive the world around you. And that's why it is the most advanced thing because it's the first thing that's created within you, you know, the human body. And um, I feel like my life honestly completely changed after I became, after I centered into my own heart. You know, like mm -hmm. even the way that I perceive people is completely different because it's not from a like a like a logical, you know, what can this person do for me kind of feeling at all, which I think you you do kind of grow up with is like conditioned into you, you know, in some way or the other. Now, it's just that it's so clear when you when you actually, yeah, when when you when you think and feel from your heart, you know that there is a deep understanding that you are loved. So everyone around you is love as well. And you can automatically be have that connection with another human being without your brain telling you, no, 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 but all of these things are wrong about this person, you know? Because I think that the way life is, eventually, you'll find out what's wrong with everybody and, you know, what's wrong with you as well. Everyone comes with these, like, profound flaws and it's completely all right. It's a part of our humanness. But I, the understanding and the evolutionary 
um, feeling of approaching everything with love can only come when you are deeply, deeply connected to your own heart. And I think that it just makes everyone so much nicer and so much more pleasant. And it's people that I connect with straight away are people that live from the heart. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can definitely discern that. And even the other way, like I, I feel like I've had this kind of discernment since I was a small child, but I kind of had it conditioned out of me almost. Like I will always, when I instantly meet someone, I will sense with their energy, like there's just something not right here. And my mind will convince me that's not right. Give them a chance. That's not fair. Always, 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 I'm proved right in some point. So I re- that's definitely been a journey that I've been on, especially the last five years, I would say. It's just really honing into that fact of, you know, increasing awareness, increasing discernment and increasing intuition. Because then it doesn't matter what comes your way. You know that you're operating from a heart-centered space and you can express that from there. So that's so interesting. And how how does that come through your fashion brand? So my fashion brand is actually just an embodiment of who I am, to be honest. Like it is um, my expression to this world. It is my uh, presentation. It's my gift. It's a way of honoring my own existence and everything around me. So mm-hmm. the idea to start it sort of, I don't even know whether, honestly, I've, I don't know whether ideas are my own or they're interdimensional conversations anymore. Like I've gotten to a point where I'm just like, you know what, if it comes, let it come. I'm all right. If it like works through me, let it work through me. I'm a channel. I'm a medium. I'm whatever work has to happen. um, God's work is happening through me. And I realized this probably, you know, sometime in the last year. And Mm -hmm. since I've become open to it, it's just been the most exhilarating transcendental experience. So um, this brand is actually just a recognition of my own journey and this understanding of I am not here to live only for myself. I'm here to, I wouldn't say, yeah, I'm here to help cultivate thought. I'm here to help cultivate conversation. I'm here to bring people together. I'm here as a as a harbinger of love. And yeah. uh, that's what the brand is about. So it's called Spirituality Conscious Clothing. Um, and the reason that I called it that was because, you know, the word spirituality has been so incredibly bastardized. And it's so <laughs> unfortunate because there's so much pseudo-spiritual garbage that's, you know, being talked about. Um, but the reason I called it that was because I wanted to recalibrate people's understanding of what spirituality is it is just what is spirit and the reason that I now don't even think of myself as a human because this is just my presentation in this lifetime but I don't think of myself as that I think of myself as my spirit because I'm not this body and I'm not my mind what I truly am is my soul is my spirit And that has actually allowed me to think of everything and everyone as spirit, you know, whether it's an animal, whether it's a person, whether it's an insect, whether it's a plant, it's all spirit and it connects us to spirit. So I just, the reason that I wanted to call it this and the reason that I wanted to propagate this is because I want people to recalibrate that understanding and, you know, be like, that's basically what it's about. There's so much jargon and there's so much noise around what spirituality is. You know, you have to do yoga and you have to do this and you have to meditate and you have to go to Dharamshala and you have to like read all these crazy books. And it's not that. It is just the understanding that you are 
the purest, deepest part of yourself, which is your spirit, and so is everybody else. And that is how you create connections with people. And, you know, that is um, the collective consciousness that we're all a part of. So, yeah, a big, it's a it's a completely heart-centered brand. It's just my expression in this crazy world. Amazing, amazing. And I think, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's also the perspective that I come from is that spirit being, having a human experience and, um, you know, I think it's really funny whenever some, whenever someone talks like this, I always think of all these conversations that people are freaking out about, like the metaverse and virtual reality and this kind of very dystopian outlook on life. And I always think it's funny because I'm not even, I'm not scared of these things because mm. I know who I am. I'm deeply connected with the truth of who I am. And I almost see this 3D reality as a virtual reality. And in the same way that someone puts on an Oculus headset to experience VR, I've put mm. on the body to experience this 3D reality. And so... Ooh, give me goosebumps when you're sick. <laughs> and that's life. You step into the limitations of what this, you know, what this 3D reality is. And I think, you know, people are scared of virtual reality because they're all they're already lost in this 3D reality because they have no connection to the truth, the divinity of who they really are. And um, so I, I do think it could be scary for people to kind of go down this virtual reality path because it's just taking you another step further away from the truth of who you are. But I think for, for me, I mean, it's just fun. It's just another version of reality to play with, you know? And so... Absolutely. I mean, I feel like there's so many theories about our existence being mm. a simulation anyway you know that i i'm fully on the same page as you i'm not scared i can go and enjoy these things as a part of just a you know like a fun experience and yeah. not be like drawn to it or sucked into it or decide that i now want to live in the metaverse and i and exactly what we spoke about i think that when you're a discerning human being um you can actually enjoy all of the convolutions of this 3d reality without being a slave to them so you know there were parts of my parts of this journey where i decided i'm not gonna watch uh tv or like i'm i'm not gonna you know listen to music that i think is um isn't like uh what do you say transcendental and you know good for me and i'm not gonna listen like pop music anymore i grew up listening to a lot of old school rock and roll and metal and i was like this is like, uh, it's a really low vibrational music. I used to, you know, I was atheist when I listened to it. It's like satanic. I know it has satanic roots and all of this. Um, and I think the awareness of that is extremely pertinent. But mm -hmm. how you let that into your realm of allowance is very important. Because I know that I wasn't sent on this planet, in this lifetime at least, to be a hermit in a jungle. I was yeah. sent here to enjoy all of the experiences of this 3D life, whether yeah. it's like wanting to live in a beautiful house, whether it's, you know, wanting to dress up, whether it's wanting to be look nice. I, I love it all. I want to experience that. I want to experience abundance in the um, spiritual realm and the astral realm, as well as in the physical realm. And why should I not? You know, I think that's it's so, so important to ground into the reality that, yeah, we are spirit, but we're here as humans because you know we were sent here as humans or we chose to be humans to experience this entire um spectrum of humanity yeah the good the bad and the ugly as well i think we also we also try to circumvent it's interesting in terms of spirituality 
Like I feel that there's so many, um, you know, secularism is basically asking you to deny your divinity. You know, it's it's only about the 3D. And I think there's so many aspects of spirituality that are sort of demanding that you deny your humanity. And mm -hmm. it's like, that that's not where it's at. It's about embodying both. It's about embodying and expressing both. And you're right, we are here to experience it all. And I think sometimes we can get really caught up in, um, yeah, I mean, if there's so many things that aren't technically quote unquote good for us. I mean, I'm sitting here on Wi-Fi talking to you on Zoom, you know, <laughs> there's so exactly about this experience that are not quote unquote good for us. Yeah. But we all have the threshold of convenience, right? There's yeah. a threshold of convenience. And I'm not going to be someone who's going to go and live in a field, disconnect from Wi-Fi, grow all of my own food. I mean, that may be really healthy, but that's mm -hmm. beyond threshold of convenience you know and so that we all sort of find our balance with that as well and I think there's no shame in the spiritual world we've got to get rid of this shame as well of like labeling what is spiritual and what is not it's all spiritual because we're spirit beings so exactly exactly and it's so great that you said that I saw this amazing meme and I think sometimes you know what's explained through like um, uh, so many words and paragraphs and books you see a meme and it's just such an incredible cultural phenomenon because mm. a meme can just completely change your perspective or like allow you to like deeply understand incredible like even philosophical concepts mm -hmm. um, which is just a crazy uh, recognition of our like of 2022 and our time here so I saw this uh, meme which basically there's a guy and he's on a hill and the hill it is the ego and it says ego and then he's like falling off the hill so he's like you know disconnecting from his ego and he falls onto this like lower hill which is spiritual ego because mm -hmm. you know you think you're like oh my god I'm doing all of these spiritual practices I'm acquiring all of this knowledge and I'm better than everyone else for it and then you yeah. realize actually that's as fucked as like and not having any of the knowledge and thinking you're better than everyone else already you know so it's so important to discuss these things and to have a sense of humor about them because I'm like although you've been chosen to take this path it doesn't make you better than anyone else it yeah. just it, it's just an understanding that you know your soul may have taken a, a few more births than the souls of some other people but when mm -hmm. I look at people and I had this discussion with a friend recently and it was amazing um, and he said, you know, when I look at people in the finance world, like really like in the rat race and doing all of that, I feel like I've already done that in a previous life. I feel like I was so drawn to it and I've already done it and I've completed being that person. So I don't have any judgment on it. And I think it's necessary for certain people to be like that in order to keep the simulation going. And I was mm -hmm. like, you're absolutely right. So whenever I'm not, I'm so glad that I actually haven't felt this way, but I, I've seen it in a lot of people where, you know, they start doing these, these spiritual practices and they suddenly feel like they're better than everyone else. And they suddenly feel like, I don't want to hang out with them anymore. Like they only talk about stuff within this 3D reality. And I'm sure we've all experienced that in some way, shape or form. Uh, but I've been very, very mindful of not letting myself be that way because I was like, I'm so lucky to have like all of these friends that I made growing up and they may not be on the same path as me, but because I understand duality, I understand that they are my uh, tether to this duality mm -hmm. of life. And I don't want to lose that. I love them. Um, they make my life 
beautiful in so many ways and I I'd never lose them over wanting to be spiritual you know what I mean yeah absolutely and it's also like so spirituality is about operating from a place of love and so if you're already judging and discarding people that's not really operating from a place of love either but um I want to come back to talking about um the simulation I think this mm -hmm. is also the interesting concept I um I'm not I'm not sure about it I have no idea I'm not a I'm not a scientist I'm not a quantum physicist but I actually do think that it is a really healthy way to live life to mm -hmm. sort of approach life as you're in your own video game okay. because literally every obstacle that comes to you you're just defeating that baddie to get up to the to get to the next level and you're just moving mm -hmm. through instead of you know everything sort of bulldozing you and like why me why do I have to go through these things what is happening it's, it, which is so debilitating and unhealthy instead you can approach it of like you know what I'm Mario that's the last time I played a computer game by the way <laughs> you know so and um you're beating the baddie to the next yeah. level you think that's a really healthy way to approach life absolutely I love it I think it's it's you know as 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 important as it is to ground yourself into the reality of what's actually going around you it's mm -hmm. also very important to romanticize the elements of life that you can you know mm -hmm. it's it's important to be like i feel this pain but sometimes when i'm feeling the pain or i'm feeling the emotion i actually feel grateful for being able to feel emotion at that depth and i'm like this is a part of my human experience the happiness the sadness and you know the whole spectrum of everything that's in between and um, i'm not going to let it be like a like debilitate me i'm not going to let it discredit my entire life just because i'm feeling something but i am going to allow myself to feel it and yeah. i am going to allow that feeling to do whatever it has to do to me in order for me to evolve i'm not going to get you know caught into it and like become a victim of that feeling but yeah. i am going to allow it because it's necessary for me to have all of these experiences in order to get to where i need to be exactly like a video game uh, exactly exactly and i think this is one of the things that we really do as well is that we especially cuz you touched on the topic of duality and it's like we're always trying to label things good and bad evil goodies baddies you know we're always attempting to file these under one or the other and we do that so often with ourselves but as we talk about the human experience we are here to experience it all and that is part of it like to to be able to know loss is the you know it lets you know that you loved at some point also and i think that that's something really important to not deny ourselves of and um so tell me some of the practices how do you when you're in those kind of moments how do you shift out of those or how do you experience those how do you lean into those emotions and and come through them in a healthy way so this is not actually this is not how i've always been i was an emotional wreck for most of my life like <laughs> if i think of past relationships and how i've acted i just i'm so cringed out by myself because i'm such a different person now um but i have been because uh i'm a very like i'm a very powerful water sign i'm like cancer in my western chart as well as um in 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 my indian eastern astrology so it's like very intense it's like a looming it's always been a looming presence over my life and i've mm -hmm. always known that i'm more emotional or like heightened emotionally than other people i've known that ever since i was very young yeah and the things deeply affected me 
because I used to be like that when I was younger, uh, not even younger, maybe till like a couple of years ago as well, I one day decided, actually, this is the biggest hindrance in my life, is that I'm unable to emotionally regulate, that I'm triggered and reactive in so many situations. And I started seeing what that was doing to me. Firstly, it was massively lowering my own frequency. I could feel it. Like when I got angry or when I got upset, I would be upset for a very long time. I could be upset for days as well. And every day I would feel worse and I would feel lower and like a shell of myself. And I started realizing, what am I doing? Because this is actually in my control. What other people's actions are completely out of my control. But the way that I respond to them is 100% me. And the fact that I'm allowing myself to be this way for prolonged periods of times is that I'm giving away my own power and my own energy to this outside entity, whoever that person is. And that's not good because energy is obviously our most uh, prized possession. And the fact that we so easily give it away to people and circumstances sucks. Mm. So that understanding of I am not this emotion. I am the feeler or the observer of this emotion rather. So when I'm having an emotion or when I'm feeling something, I kind of almost have this outer body experience where I watch myself feeling it and I allow myself to feel it. And then I'm like, you know what? You felt it. How do you overcome it? What is this feeling trying to teach you about yourself, about this other person, about the situation? And what do we need to do in order to overcome it? And I feel like recently, that has been the trajectory of my own thoughts. And it's so positive and so healthy. I cannot ever imagine being the person that I used to be because I am just so happy. Like, I know that I've always at my core been a very happy person. I'm a very life-affirming person. I love people. I love life. I love to have new experiences. But this was a part of my personality, like uh, such a deep shadow that I was just not able to integrate. And the fact that I have integrated a lot of it over this past year um, has honestly been my biggest achievement because it's something that really, really wore me down. And it doesn't anymore because I'm able to take a moment and be like, I can't control what's happening to me, but I can control how I feel and respond to it. And that is entirely me and nobody can take that away from me. And once you really realize that, it's like stepping into this unbelievable power and you just you just know it's this incredible feeling. And I would highly recommend for every single person to at least try to do that because nobody else is responsible for making you feel good. Nobody Mm -hmm. else is responsible for emotionally regulating you. It has to be a process that comes from the self. And it is truly transformational. I think that it's it's the biggest, most important step to self-development is being able to be in absolute control of your emotions at all times. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's quite funny because I sort of have the opposite trajectory of you. Like I'm interested, do you know what your North Node and South Node is in in Western astrology? I don't actually, I don't know. Mine is, uh, my South Node is Capricorn and my North Node is Cancer. So it's like your North Node is really what you're here to lean into, to grow into, and to begin to embody. And your South Node is, I'm probably describing this incorrectly, I'm not an astrologer, but your South Node is almost what you've already accomplished and what you already have embodied. And so you have that very Capricorn 
Capricorn, like, um, you know, very structured energy. And so I can, when you say you look back on relationships that you've had previously and you're just like, oh, so cringy. Oh my God. I also looked back at that and I'm thinking, I, I was so shut down. I was so, you know, and for me, it's to be able to open that up and to be, allow myself to feel. So it's like the opposite experience. Wow. So yeah, it's quite interesting, but it's, it's, it's your own personal journey, right? And, and that's how you have to walk through these things. And for me, that loss of control, that loss of, you know, that's so scary to me. And mm. to be able to like loosen that and release that um, need for control has been such a big, you know, thing in my life as well. So it's interesting that we all have these different shadow elements that we just have to embrace and accept and sort of transcend. So I think that's it, an incredible journey. It honestly, it like, it is really, it gives me goosebumps when I think about how incredibly unique every single person is and how unique our journeys are and what our souls have come to learn and how different those lessons are. And I think that really understanding that and realizing that almost meditating on it daily allows mm. me to release judgment from people entirely. Where I'm like, I see that these are the, the issues and I can acknowledge them. But yeah. as I acknowledge my own issues um, and I try to not judge myself for them, uh, in the same way, I try to give other people space as well to, you know, acknowledge their issues, but like allow them to grow. You know, if you can be a voice of reason, if you can have some conversations, it's wonderful. But like being super judgmental, I've never gravitated towards judgmental people. I've always found them super annoying. <laughs> and I mean, I never, ever wanted to be one of them. But I obviously have found myself being judgmental about people and things on many occasions, especially in the past two years. So um, exactly this feeling of like, letting yourself be and letting everyone else be. And just if you're like, if I feel like I can give you love, in order to, you know, during your journey, that's great. If I can be a mode of that, that's amazing. If I can't, I just take a step back. And I'm like, you know, if I'm if I'm not uh, evolved enough to actually be able to love you and be able to accept you as you are and be a part of that journey, then I don't deserve to be a part of your journey. And I take that step back myself. And I think that there's also like an energetic disconnect that automatically happens. Um, and that awareness is really important. You know, it's not the feeling that I want to remove this person from my life. It's that am I actually a positive force in this person's life? Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's me. Maybe I need to take a step back. And I've done it on many occasions. And I'm very proud of myself for being able to address that part of myself and being like, I need to take a step back, you know, and allow this person to just live their life and be because they have so many incredible qualities. But I'm... Um, so I have such tunnel vision about certain things I used to that I'm not able to see them as this like incredible multidimensional human being. So I need to take a step back. And I think that if as humans, we sort of like make that a part of our process, a part of our social interaction, uh, the kind of circles that we create for ourselves will be very, very beneficial. Those circles will actually propel us for massive growth because they will be really powerful, um, energetic, vibrational circles where our frequencies align and we're meant to actually be together. You know, this like feeling of being with your soul tribe. It actually comes from being able to take a step back and disconnecting from things that are not for you in this lifetime. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And having awareness around that as well. And I think one of the biggest things as well to have awareness, I think that's a really good practice when you find yourself in a space of judgment. One of the things that I really like to do, because I do a lot of shadow work, so I'm attempting you know, to not judge myself and just really be able to embrace those darker elements of myself and integrate them rather than um, condemning them and judging them. And I think it's a really useful thing to do when you find yourself in a place of judgment with another person that to recognize that if you had the same upbringing, the same brain chemistry, the same circumstances, the choices that you would make would not be that different. And so it, it just brings that humanity back, you know, that recognition that we are all human and that we, we are formed in these ways. And I think one of the things as well that I've really learned in the past definitely has, I probably learned it a long time ago, but has really come into realization in the last couple of years is this energetic feedback loop. And when someone's coming at you with fury and anger and hatred, if you respond from a place of fury and anger and hatred, you're just reflecting that back and you're just empowering that energetic feedback loop. And so for heart-centered people or people that really desire to come from a place of love, we have to come at these things, even if people are attacking you, you have to come at it from a place of open-heartedness and being able to rise above that because that stops that energetic feedback loop. And you can see it with yourself if you're having an argument with someone, if you keep arguing, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Whereas yeah. if one removes themselves from that argument, that anger really dissipates very quickly. Because what do you where are you throwing that at? Like, you know, you can only you can only have that within yourself for so long before it sort of disintegrates. And so I think that that's always a really important thing to do as well. And I completely agree. And I do think that what has been um, like a, a profound understanding in my life over this past year is that you are completely and entirely responsible for your own energy. Yes. This is the kind of radical responsibility that people need to acquire because yes. When you understand that, when you really understand what your energy is doing, that it's affecting not just your immediate surroundings, it's affecting a collective consciousness. You know, people can feel it on the other side of the world without even knowing it. Sometimes if I just close my eyes and I sit in meditation, I cry, like tears come out of my eyes and they're not even my own tears. And I know they're not. It's because I'm, yeah. I'm feeling the collective sadness because it exists. It's all around us. There's so much of it. So I feel like if there's anything that I can do in order to circumvent that, it's that I can, I can decide to uh, decide to just be and appear uh, from a place of love as much as I can. And I think that that is if I just think that, that it's 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 amazing if we if we were just taught to do these things when we were younger, you know, when we were children, if yeah. this is what our education shaped our minds, if this is how we were we were told that we're interacting with people and our planet, not just physically, but also vibrationally. And we need to be very aware of that. I think that humans and humanity and the way that we um, the way that we evolved would be just so entirely different. And this is the kind of stuff that ancient civilizations understood. This is the lost knowledge, you know, like this yeah. lost intelligence and information. That's so important that, you know, we need, we need to acquire it. 
I'm briefly interrupting this episode to take a moment to talk about a brand that's been really transformative for me personally. If you're a listener to this podcast, chances are you've heard me mention To Be Magnetic by manifestation expert Lacey Phillips. To Be Magnetic is the number one destination for neural manifestation. Their unique manifestation process is backed by neuroscience, psychology, EMDR, epigenetics, and energetics, with a little bit of spirituality sprinkled on top. Their process is based on raising your self-worth and stepping into your authenticity by reprogramming the subconscious limiting beliefs that you picked up during childhood and throughout your life. Their Pathway membership encompasses every TBM workshop, including the Daily Practice, Unblocked Inner Child, and Unblocked Shadow, which is my personal favorite, plus new workshops they release throughout the year. You also have access to their Library of Deep Imaginings, which is their unique guided hypnosis process, which allows you to access your subconscious and override those old neural pathways, creating new ones. So if you're ready to take your inner work to the next level, click on the link in the show notes and use the promo code Claire Marinan to get 15% off your membership. Now back to the podcast. Coming from that perspective, I want to ask you actually, how, how has this year, 2022, we're nearly at the end, crazy that we're in December, but um, how, has, how has this year felt to you? Because I've literally just been having this conversation with a few of my girlfriends and for me, I found that 2022 has had a really kind of heavy energy. Mm. And I've had this, these moments of, you know, I've never felt more grounded, more connected, more clear, and more myself than I ever have before in my life. But I do have these moments, like maybe a couple of days each month, where I feel like the weight of the darkness of the world is so heavy and I almost, I've never had that experience before where I almost find it difficult to be, be, sort of find my center and find my grounding. And for those couple of days, I just find this deep sadness. And again, I know that it's not my own because I look around, everything in my life is fine. Everything is good. Everything, you know, there's no logical reason, but I know that it's this feeling of collect, this collective burden. So mm -hmm. have you experienced that at all this year? How have you found this year? I'm um, on exactly the same page, to be honest. For me, firstly, from the year 2020, 2022, it's been sort of a blur. Like, I can't really tell you what happened in 2020 and 2021 and 2022. I can't distinguish between the three years. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so, what? but what I did find is that in 2020 and 2021, there was a lot of anger and confusion and polarity and just disarray that I was experiencing within myself and in my surroundings because obviously that's a mirror and projection of what you are. The years of 2020 to 2022 have just been a bit of a blur like they've all uh, merged into this one gigantic transformational entity which is strange because uh, that's never actually happened to me before but I think that that's like a thing a lot of people are experiencing. Uh, just because of how anomalous these years have been. Um, so what I experienced in 2020 and 2021 was that there was a lot of anger and polarity and disarray mm -hmm. and confusion and convolution within myself and within my surroundings, because we, you know, our surroundings are a projection of who we are and what we're feeling and what we're energetically putting out there. Um, but 2022 for me has definitely been the year of reconciliation where mm -hmm. I've not not just reconciled with the people around me, the people that I love, and 
sort of just accepted them for who they are and accepted them for the value they bring to my life in the way that they can. I've also reconciled with myself and with who I really am. And this is the first time, exactly as you mentioned, this is the most grounded I've ever felt. This is the most me I've ever felt. Like for the first time, I feel like this is who I actually am. Like I didn't know this part of myself before this, you know, when I was challenged and when I went through this immense amount of pain that I did through these two years um, and got to the other side, you know, this like massive dark night of the soul and got to the other side, that's when I realized this is who I am. I, I am the light in the dark and so is everybody else. You know, we are our own source of light. And um, it's been really, really beautiful to be centered in that understanding and realize that part of myself. And it's it's such a powerful transformation that now I know that it will never leave. I'm always happy to evolve from it, but this will be a very important um, yardstick in my life because it's just so different than anything I've ever experienced, ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that everyone that's gone through this sort of like collective awakening um, will have their own story, which the moral of which will be exactly this, that this is the first time I feel like this is who I am. And I'm so happy with it. I'm so ha happy with being this person. I'm so happy with like uncovering these parts of myself. I'm even happy with the shadows that I've had to integrate uh, because this, there's obviously so many dimensions in every human being's personality. And only once you acquire an understanding, a holistic understanding of all of them, can you then pointedly be like, this is who I am. And you know what? I love it. I used to be my biggest critic. I still am. Uh, but now I'm also very proud to say that I am also my biggest cheerleader. And it's the first time that I've really experienced this incredible amount of self-love and that's why it's also allowed for me to experience this incredible amount of love towards everything around me, everything and everyone around me. Yeah, that's incredible. I think that's the that's the key thing as well is that is self-acceptance. You know, I feel like for so much of my life, I've really cared like what other people thought of me and almost molded myself into this sort of caricature of myself based on what I think people expect from me or want from me. And um, I think it's so freeing to be able to release that and to be able to just, you know, I think there's part of me that is like, oh, I don't know if, you know, that if, if that me is really enough, but, uh, you know, it's so freeing to be able to realize, you know what, this is me and this is enough. I don't have to play this character. I don't have to exaggerate my personality you know, to be fun, to be liked or anything like that, or to be accepted. I don't have to do what other people tell me to do. Um, I don't have to conform to the tribe. And that's so freeing and so empowering, I think. And um, it's been a really, it has been a really interesting experience. I mean, it's been a weird couple of years for sure. And um, I think it's interesting that we're having conversation at this time because, you know, you're giving me some hope actually when you talk about your fashion brand because a lot of the stuff I really feel like I'm just no longer vibing with like mainstream society like I think that mm -hmm. so 
mainstream society is so bizarre to me these days. And I'm talking about things that I love and things that I lived for, like makeup and beauty and fashion and just pop culture in general. And I think shit's just got really weird. You know, <laughs> that's the only way that I could say it. And, you know, when I in terms of beauty, like everybody has the same face, everybody wants to look like a brat stall. When I look at like the queen of pop culture, Madonna, she literally looks demonic to me. I hate saying that word, but I have no other words. No, and, you're so right. You no, know, when it comes to fashion, like Balenciaga of soft peddling kiddie porn, I'm just like, what is wrong with this world? Like, what is going on? So I think it's just so beautiful because I've had the opposite reaction. I'm like, I really don't want anything to do with fashion anymore. I don't want to work in that industry. It doesn't resonate with me. I mean, I'm a bit older than you. So I'm like, I've retired from that side of my life, you know, mm -hmm. but it just gives me so much hope that there are still people that are wanting to come into this space and create and make things beautiful and um, create something beautiful in that space. I'm really excited about it. I'm so happy that you actually say that because um, it's it's great to receive any kind of feedback, obviously, from people that I, I value and I think are amazing. Um, but I also feel like this amazing thing that you just mentioned about the age thing, about, you know, um, the, the, the young and sort of having a different task and then the people in like other parts of their life being tasked with dif different things. And it's uh, very interesting because all of our missions are different. And I know that a part of my mission is to be a disruptor. And that's the reason when, like you said, you weren't feeling called to, you know, talk about these things publicly and you wanted to do it in your own way um, in this sort of like maybe like a gentler manner. And a lot of people have been called to do that. But because I've always been a sort of, I, I mean, for lack of a better word, sort of like controversial personality where I've always spoken my mind. And when I was younger, um, I, I mean... <laughs> my friends say that I was quite a bitch but um I I when I like when I thought about that and I thought about that part of my life I was like was I really like that because it doesn't feel like I was like that but I, I realized the reason that was my perception was because I would speak the truth unwaveringly and people are not used to that people don't like that but what I've realized now, the reason that now people don't think of me like that or think of, you know, perceive me in that manner, it's not because I'm not speaking the truth anymore. I still am. But I've my way has changed. And I've realized that truth without compassion is cruelty. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And that is just the way of the world. So if you're not able to be empathetic and understanding and compassionate towards the truth and towards express expressing that truth uh you're never actually going to be i mean it's never it's never a truth that's going to be accepted it's never a truth that people are going to think about and that's you know going to challenge perspectives in the way that you want it to which is why if you even look at these like amazing philosophers or spiritual leaders uh they all speak the truth they all speak a truth that is profound you know that they've acquired through years and years of practice and uh sadhana and everything and uh, the reason that so many people gravitate towards them is because 
their truth comes from a heart center it comes from a place of love it comes from a place of understanding it comes from a place of compassion and comes from a place of empathy and that to me are the principles of a real and powerful messenger of truth and um i think that's that's what a lot of us are called to be in our own way you know and i just think it's it's so incredible this journey is so incredible and like you know meeting and being acquainted with so many beautiful people on this journey just makes it like exponentially brighter and more beautiful than it is yeah and i think it's so interesting when you say like that you know we we do all have a different journey and we do all have a different part to play i think and it's so funny one of my favorite pastors in bombay actually is always talking about this is like truth without love is again is cruelty right and love without truth is also people pleasing absolutely so, but it has to be both together it has to be both together and yeah i mean i think that that when i talk about i really had a moment with the harasa collective throughout covid um because my nature generally is like like when i first became a vegan and i found out what was going you know what re- the reality of our food industry was i was the most annoying vegan on the planet you know i had to tell everyone i had to let everyone know and i had this moment where you know i had some realizations obviously throughout covid around various things that were unfolding various narratives that were unfolding and i had this moment where i realized you know what this actually isn't your responsibility to be ramming certain truths in people's faces and telling people what to do i had this great realization that actually it's everybody's own personal responsibility to go and to be able to find out what is truth and what is not to be able to go through that journey that process of being able to discern truth mm-hmm. and that everyone on this lifetime and that, so the real lesson for me and the real thing that i am a big proponent of is that everybody has the right to make their own decision we all have free will and it's everybody's responsibility and right to um to make their own decisions throughout um these times and i really felt with the hadasa collective was really more about getting in touch with the truth of who you are building that ability to have intuition and to have practices that enable you to do that so that it doesn't actually matter what comes at you you are able to discern the truth and you are able to discern your own truth and you're also able to stand in that truth no matter what is coming at you from all different directions and so i think that's really important and then you also have people you know that they they're here to dig up the darkness and bring up you know bring out true darkness into the light you know and i think someone that does that really well is your friend johan tengra i was just going to say johan's name <laughs> because his manner and the way that he brings forth these really i mean i don't go into a lot of things these kind of things i don't go down this kind of rabbit holes not because i don't think there's truth to them it's more because i do think there is truth to them it's just so dark and i you know sometimes i don't really want i don't want to spend my life digging in the darkness but mm-hmm. there are people like him that are really gifted that bring forth these truths these really horrible dark truths mm-hmm. into the, but in a way that is so from a place of love and non-preachy you know non-aggressive and i think again it's about that feedback loop 
of um you know that you don't you don't want to be feeding into that anger and that fear and you don't want to be em empowering that mm -hmm. and then there's of us that are also here to be we're called to stay in the light and to hold the light and to also teach people and guide people how they can access their own light as well and i think that that's something that's really important to see as well is like people's roles and different roles and things like this as well absolutely and uh, I love that you mentioned Johan's name because he's actually um, uh, a great source of inspiration for me just mm. in, in, in the way that he works and the reason that he's able to have this incredible calmness and almost stoicism in the way that he presents information is because he researches so much like I don't personally know anybody that researches as much as him he, he puts in hours and hours and hours of research every single day and he's been doing it for years on years on years so when you have a conversation with him when you have a conversation with someone that's that well researched I feel like your prerogative is to listen it's to listen and then you can acquire the information and, you know, um, it goes through your own internal processes and then you can discern it. And Johan and I have a lot of spirited conversations where, like, I disagree with things that he says and then he, like, tells me why I'm wrong. <laughs> it's amazing. And uh, I think it's so important to have people like that in your life. And I've truly been blessed with him because uh, he he is, he's he's a ray of light in this in this uh, uh in this collective you know in this journey and the work that he's doing is so extremely important and the amount of like love and passion and uh integrity that he actually does it with is commendable so i'm i'm, I'm so glad that we have him at the helm of the movement to be honest because he's a he's a very very important um he's just an important individual and um, i see him doing great things and that to me uh it also it also brings me to this uh, sort of like um, understanding of what the masculine and the feminine, the roles mm. that you have to play based on your own, you know, your gender expression on this planet and why yeah. you've been given that and why you've been given assigned that role is is very important to me because the when the way that Johan disseminates information, I could never do it like that. Because as a woman, I'm not called to do it like that. Like, I love what he does and I have immense respect for it. And I think that's exactly what he needs to do. But the way that I would do things would be very different because I think the role of the masculine is to guide and to protect and to serve in that way, you know, to be this like, um, almost to be this, this, this hero uh, archetype where you know you look up to him and you you're like oh wow this person is gonna like be they'll like lead me in the right direction but the role of the feminine is to support that in some way and I feel it very strongly where my mm -hmm. way of support and a lot of women that I see actually in the movement our way of support is to allow the masculine to express their own divinity in their own way and then to be like what I want to do is you may, through your expression, you may um, create polarity. But what mm -hmm. I want to do is I want to integrate that polarity and I want to sort of like dissipate it. And I want to allow people create these bridges and channels for people to come together. So you give the information and you be responsible for that part of it because that is your role. And I will be responsible for 
bringing the people that receive the information together and like creating spaces of like harmony and uh, just safety and compassion for them to actually step into their own power. And I see a lot of the masculine feminine and I've like um, noticed this in so many, so many other people as well within my own friends about how this, uh, how these interactions are happening and they're truly fascinating. It's amazing. I have everyone's grounding into their own mission and their own role and doing it in the way that they are being called to do it. Mm, yeah. And I think that's also, I think that's also a big part of moving forward now as well Is it's, I think um, one of the things that where we really lost our way is that we all have outsourced so many aspects of our lives and we have outsourced our personal responsibility and our personal agency. And so it's really about, you know, I mean, I'm from Australia. And so when the last two years, the last three years, sorry, now have been, you know, horrendous. The way the Australian government has treated people in Australia is beyond disgusting. But there's mm -hmm. so much conversation around our freedoms are being taken away. Freedoms are being taken away. And I actually don't agree that that is the way that things have gone. I think we have actually given over things that are our personal responsibility. And so it is also about finding your own place and your own calling. And instead of looking for someone, I think something also, another thing that is, is really pertinent in our society is that we're always looking for somebody else to save us. It's so right. deep ingrained in us, this idea of goodies and baddies and a hero is coming and what have you. And it's like, no, that's right. not what your own path and your own journey and you need to figure that out in your own place in that and yeah. take responsibility for those things so I think it's really interesting that he's taking responsibility in that area in that kind of you know whole it's it's interesting when you talk about the masculine feminine because the masculine is like a container it's like a holding a container of holding space and the mm -hmm. feminine this flow and it's mm -hmm. almost like the emotional flow and, and and those sorts of things so when you talk in that way that he's sort of standing in this masculine energy and you're able to then bring people together and to be able to flow in that mission as well I think that that's just a really beautiful combo and I love that you're also gathering other women you're mm. also inspiring other women to sort of step into their own role and their own expression of this as well I'm so happy because honestly, during this time, um, the biggest maybe like shadow that was unearthed uh, in the collective is that women started loving and appreciating each other. I've not experienced this on the level that I have today ever in my life, to be honest. Like, I, I remember when we were younger, it existed, but it was inauthentic. You know, it was just a way of people pleasing. It was a way of going with the trend, telling you, telling each other that you love each other, you appreciate each other, or like being like, oh my God, you're so hot. And like, like writing these comments on each other's pages. Uh, but now it's not that anymore. It's this genuine feeling of this incremental sacredness of a sisterhood that needs to evolve into what it is. Like for me, honestly, um, yeah, the men are doing amazing work. But when I see women doing work, like doing this incredible work in their own fields of, uh, of research or understanding or expression, I'm actually so inspired by them and I have so much love for them. And this feeling of like competitiveness that always existed because society sort of thrust it upon us has... Yeah dissipated entirely completely like I know that that when I 
interact with women or when like these more evolved women interact with me uh it's just love it's love it's appreciation it's this feeling of like oh i just want to give you a hug and like thank you for existing and thank you for being someone that i can be inspired by and someone that i can look up to and i just i feel like honestly i feel like i'm going to start crying while i'm talking about this because i there was so much pain in the collective that this this sense of competition had created and it's all being let go i can feel it being let go and you know maybe everyone won't adhere to this energy but so many people are so many people are even people that don't think in the way that we do about you know the past two years necessarily uh, even if you remove that completely out of the equation there are so many people that don't care about any of that but that have learned to love and appreciate other women that are like you know what you stand in your power and i will be this cheerleader for you even if i don't entirely understand what it is that you're doing i can feel the energy of positivity that comes from it and i just want to be here to like love and support you and i've experienced that with so many women and i just this is this is honestly one of my favorite parts of the collective evolution is women coming together loving each other supporting each other this like goddess energy that's flowing through all of us i can feel it like i can feel it in my bones and i can feel it when i meet other women um it's amazing it's incredible it just it it makes me so excited for the future yeah i think um i think it's really interesting this sort of really stepping into what it is to be in this divine feminine energy I think you know we've gone through so many different iterations of femininity. We've gone through oppression. We've gone through this extreme, you know, pendulum swing to the other side of feminism, very harsh feminism, which I think came from more of a place of you know revenge, wanting to turn the tables, wanting to, you know, the oppressed become the oppressors, and we've actually grown through that. and only now that we're really stepping into our power of being of of the divine feminine and i think that we've only been able to do that when we are also recognizing the necessity for the divine masculine and the balance of both and the appreciation of both you know you can't have one without the other otherwise you know the f- <laughs> the feminism of like the 90s i guess it was really in in that sort of time was really a very masculine energy mm-hmm. with and so it's like we've almost evolved out of that to be able to come together and um collectively support each other and i think there is definitely the spirit of collaboration versus competition and it is a recognition of of oneness and togetherness and that we all need each other and um i think that has probably been the best thing that has come out of this very strange time that we've all lived through and um yeah i don't i think it is also recognizing the duality that was at play in that time and choosing to step away from that and and reject um jumping into those pools of du- duality and that's how we've been able to move forward and um you, you know and come together and uh, and move forward through it i think No 100% I do agree and exactly what you said you know this feeling of needing and being able to honor the masculine is so so important because I watched a um I watched an interview of Cher 
uh, that's been like doing the rounds where somebody mm-hmm. asks, uh, um, so uh, do you, what, is, what was the question? The question was, um, what do you think about men or something like that? Or do you need men or some something uh, in that realm? And she says, need men for what exactly? And then um, there's like all of these videos that are being created of all of the things that men do. Men build cities. The reason that all of these structures that we get to live in exist is because men were at work to create them. You know, men are the um, are the power structures of society. They're very, very important. It's very important to have masculine men who are living in that energy, who are able to create who are able to, uh, you know, even destroy when necessary, who are able to fight, who are able to um, just be that version of themselves, be, you know, the security and the protection and all of these things that men are in a society. And it's made me value all the men in my life so much, to be to be honest. Like when when I meet people and when I meet the men that I've known for so long, and when they like act in certain ways and they've always been the source of like love and looking after me and they always have done that. And I always knew in my heart of hearts that when I'm around them, I feel safe. Like I feel mm-hmm. like nothing can happen to me. And now, and I always appreciated it even when I was younger, but now I really appreciate it. Now I'm just like, thank you for being you and thank you for being a man and thank you for being this like masculine energy in my life and for like, being my guide when I need you to and being my protector when I need you to because I don't know what my life would be without you. I've grown up with two brothers who I absolutely love, my father, who I'm massively influenced by. And I grew up as a tomboy. So I have a lot of really, really close guy friends who've just been such an integral part of my development and, you know, were with me through my formative years, have taught me so many things about what it is to be a... just to be a man and why it's necessary for those energies to exist on our planet. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to it. I'm so grateful to the masculine. I'm so grateful to the, to the feminine. And I'm so grateful to all of the people that are healing themselves and addressing and attaining their own divinity. I think it's incredible. We are the we are the trailblazers and the change makers on this planet. And it's going to be, I only see positive things, to be honest. Like I know there's so much negativity around us, but it doesn't phase me. It just doesn't. It, it, It hasn't for the past two years, to be honest. You know, there are moments of like, where is this going? And like, this is scary, you know, with like, especially with the, um, uh, global digital currencies and you know these like lockdowns that are still being perpetuated in places like China and like there is a lot of you know the climate lockdowns that are now going to you know uh, bog us down it's unfortunate and I I can sort of see that in my purview but it doesn't affect me and it doesn't scare me because I know that so many people are waking up in their own way to their own divinity, that it doesn't even matter that they can see things in the in exactly the way that I can, but just the mm. fact that they're ready to step into that ultimate form of themselves is what gives me a lot of hope and a lot of joy uh, for our future together. Yeah, absolutely. I see a really bright future for the world as well. And there are times when I just, you know, there's so there's so much pain and suffering that is happening, you know, throughout the world. And sometimes the weight of that is really uncomfortable, but Mm. there's much optimism as well throughout this. And I think 
you know, I think that that is what 2022 has been. It has been, for me anyway, I feel like not on a personal level, but on an energetic, collective energetic level, it has felt heavy and it has felt heavy going. But I do feel like we're coming out of that and we're coming out into something brighter. And I think um, that a lot of this darkness had to come up. It had to come into the light. And um, I had a really interesting conversation with one of my Kundalini yoga teachers mm. early, early on in 2020. And she said, you know, what's really interesting is this darkness always existed, but it just wasn't on the surface. And she said when she was training in the 70s with Yogi Bhajan, it would take them three hours to get the Kundalini activation that we get in three to 30 minutes. You know, and so the density has always been there, but it was yeah. it was deep down. And so even though when we look around on the surface, we kind of go, oh, my God, where are we going with this? It's so dark. But really, that had to come up. It had to be purged from the earth and it had to come up and and be to be transmuted and released. So um, that's, I think, a process of, that we've been witnessing. And, you know, I just think I have a really optimistic outlook on human beings you know, on human beings themselves having this connection to the divine and being able to tune into that and rise above whatever is coming at us. So um, I'm really excited about that as well. Same. And Yeah. And we'll see that physical manifestation soon also, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so lastly, how, I mean, we've already mostly covered this, but how are you moving forward into 2023? What are some of the things that you're taking forward with you? What would you say to other people that, um, you know, that want to find their grounding? That's the title of our, of our um, podcast is how to find your center in a world gone mad. Mm -hmm. And so what recommendations would you give to other people that are sort of walking into 2023 and want to walk into this heart, want to walk into this new year from a heart centered space? You know, I think that this um, past year, especially the last few months of the year, uh, have been extremely transformational for me because I've actually sat with myself and challenged myself a lot about me. You know, I sat with myself and I'm like, what's still not unearthed? What are the shadows that you still don't want to see? What are the things about yourself that you still don't want to accept? And what is causing dissonance in your life? And there were there were a few very important things, you know, including like habits, including things that I know that are not serving me anymore, uh, that I know that I need to just either give up or reduce or just like I said, this feeling of tackling life with hyper awareness of mm. who you are with extreme intent of how you do everything, whether it's using social media how much, how much social media do you use? Whether it's smoking a cigarette, how many cigarettes do you smoke? Whether it's drinking alcohol, whether it's like any of these like earthly, um, any of these things within the earthly paradigm that keep us stuck, that don't allow us to succeed, that don't allow us to excel, that don't allow us to actually completely embody that higher dimensional timeline. And for me, the biggest thing that's come up, I actually watched an incredible Jordan Peterson video about it as well, where he talks about incremental self-development. And I've always been the kind of person where I want to shoot for the stars. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm on the ground today, but tomorrow I'll be on Mars. Like, that's how I am. And I make that journey so difficult for me because it's it's 
uh, obviously the magnitude of it is extreme that it debilitates me that I'm like how do I get there like I don't know the steps to actually get there but that's where I want to be and mm. that's the reason that this video was amazing because it taught me the art and understanding of incremental self-development where he says that you don't need to be the best version of yourself tomorrow all you need to be is a better version of yourself than you are today and it struck such a chord with me because that's all I try to do every day. Every day I wake up, I pray, I thank God for everything I have and I try to be a better person than I was yesterday. So I try to work a little harder. I try to be a little more grounded in my meditation. I try to be a little more aware in my practice, in my yoga. I try to be a little nicer to my family. I try to love a little more. I try to, you know, do a little more for my dog. Um, I try to just like these small things in my life. I try to improve them a little bit every day, consciously a little bit every day, just so that I can go to sleep feeling like, you know what? I was better than yesterday. And that makes me happy. Like I don't need to be Ritka plus, plus, plus already, but I'm Ritka a little bit plus today, you know? And I think that it just makes me so content and it makes me feel like, these steps that I'm taking towards bettering myself every day, you know, like even in the way that we communicate with people, we can always be nicer. We can always be a little more compassionate. We can always uh, be a little more understanding about situations, you know, even in terms of work. Um, I can be quite like impatient and hot headed when something doesn't go right or when people are being inefficient. Uh, and I'm learning to undo that part of myself. I'm learning to be like, that's not who I want to be. I want to understand that these people haven't been given the same opportunities and the same exposure as me. And I want to be able to think like them. I want to be able to be nicer, be sweeter. Um, just every part of myself, I want to improve myself a little more every day. And I think that that is really the way to be the best version of yourself. Because these these things that we've been taught, you know, when we when we look at entrepreneurs and we look at their journeys and we feel like, wow, how did these people become so successful? It wasn't an overnight success. No one is an overnight success unless you like win the lottery or something. Everything is everything in life is incremental. If you're trying to do a pull up, you're not going to wake up and do a pull up tomorrow, but you might, you know, do like a little bit you know like a little bit your arms may bend a little bit and you may get a little bit higher so I think life is just this massive pull up and when you get to the top you know you've gotten there but the only way that you've gotten there is because you've done all of the steps in exactly the right way in order to pull yourself up so that's mm -hmm. been my biggest learning and it's 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 been great because I've never actually understood that in my life before and I can't believe that I've learned that at the age of 30 um, but I guess it's better better late than never. Amazing. Amazing. That's beautiful advice. Thank you so much for joining me. I've really loved having this conversation with you and I hope everybody got something out of it. I'm sure they would have. And um, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Claire. I look forward to seeing you in Bombay if you're ever here, if the universe Absolutely. ever brings you back to our part of the world. Absolutely. I will be there soon for sure. And Thank you so, so, so much for having me. This has honestly been, it's so great to have these conversations because I feel like it allows you to really delve into the depths of your own soul. It allows you to share perspective with another person, you know, allows you to like learn from their experiences and their lives. I'm a big uh, proponent for advocate for conversation in general, because I think discourse and conversation is actually how societies have evolved so much over time. 
So thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so, so grateful and so honored to be a part of this. So beautiful having you. Thank you. Lots of love. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you got some things to take away from our amazing guests' insight. If you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe and also leave us a review. And for more information on the Hadassah Collective, you can visit our Instagram page at Hadassah Collective. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode at the same time next week. And until then, have a wonderful week.